The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Finish Strong Friday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sportsbook app. Thank you. I can't remember, by the way, which one of the listeners it was that gave me the shout out for some of the draft bets I had on the Even Money podcast. Like J.C. Horn to be the first cornerback drafted, like our first defensive player drafted, like Eric Stokes going in the first round. So hopefully a lot of you guys participated in that and enjoyed that. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL or us at Ross Tucker Pod. We've got Greg Cosell today. It's going to be phenomenal to get Greg's thoughts on the most interesting first round picks First reaction from Greg here on the Ross Tucker football podcast. But first, we've got a couple winners to give out. I want winners. I want people that want to win. People like Hannah Doyle. Speaking of social media, Hannah Doyle retweeted the business of sports with Andrew Brandt this week with Chiefs tight end Sean Culkin talking about Bitcoin You never know which one I'm looking at. Hannah Doyle retweeted a clip from the business of sports. Excellent, Hannah. Send me an email, ross at rosstucker.com. Let me know if you want to sign picture, card, or press pass, whatever. The sponsor confirmation email winner, Neil Morley. He took advantage of the keeps offer. You guys know, look at my hair. If those of you are watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash rosstuckernfl. You know I'm a big keeps guy. The key, though, is A, to go to the website, and B, to use one of our codes. That's what matters, like Feast or even Money. Use the code when you go to Keeps. It's awesome, like Neil did. Thank you, Neil. That's amazing. Uh, And then the YouTube shout-out goes to Lem Houston. Just looking for people to subscribe there and make a comment. And when I see it, you will be the winner. But we're all really winners when we get a chance to listen to Greg Cosell. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. It's 7.14 a.m. Neither 
not tired, even, Ross. Yeah, not <laughs> even one of us got even six hours of sleep, but it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> maybe not to you. <laughs> the show must You're go younger. on, man. The show must go on. So th- there's a lot I want to get into with you, obviously, Greg. I, I think I'm just going in- to you know, ask you the ones I think are most interesting. Let's start with the 49ers' decision to go with Trey Lance. For so long, it seemed like it was Mac Jones, and it seemed like Justin Fields, then back to Mac Jones. And then uh, seemingly out of nowhere until maybe the last day or so, they go with Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Well, in response to your point, for so long, it wasn't anybody. It was people making up whatever they thought they might do. So for so long, it wasn't really anybody except what the 49ers knew. Um you know, the, the mock guesses, they're just guesses. So if you're asking me about Trey Lance and how he fits, the one thing that I've talked about numerous times is Trey Lance played under center at North Dakota State. I believe uh, over 40% of his snaps in 2019, which is the last year he really played, came with him under center. Secondly, they play with a fullback uh, quite a bit at North Dakota State. And thirdly, and perhaps most importantly, is he's refined and advanced in the execution of what we call conventional play action, meaning play action from under center where you turn your back to the defense, which is a critical part of the Kyle Shanahan offense. And I guess lastly, if you've heard Kyle Shanahan speak since the end of the season when he's given press conferences, he's been asked and talked a lot about the pressure that the RPO concept puts on defenses. And I think that that factored in as well to Trey Lance because Trey Lance gives you that in addition to giving you the off script outside of structure game. So, and the design quarterback run game, not just the RPOs, but the design run game. So my sense was that Kyle is probably expanding his thought process, but when all said and done, I believe that just the experience under center is a big factor. The age of of, uh, Lance is a big factor, extremely young with a lot of growth. And from everything you hear, again, this is now what what you hear, he's an incredibly intelligent kid with tremendous maturity. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you said those last few things, Greg, because at first it sounded like you were primarily just talking about his offense in North Dakota State, which is great, and that helps, but that's not the player as much as what he was under at North Dakota State. I think it's the last things as well. It, really, it's the combination of both, right? He's got all that stuff that you mentioned the first, but he's also got all the stuff you mentioned at, at the end as well. Yeah, no, I mean, it's – and again, apparently he, uh, only John Lynch, Lynch and Kyle knew who they were picking, so they kept it secret from the organization, but um, – but no, it's it, to me, it's, you know, these picks, everybody comments on picks, and ultimately it's based on your evaluation of the players. That's what it comes down to. So if a team picks a player that you don't have evaluated well or as highly as the team does, you say it's not a good pick. It's only not a good pick or a good pick based on your evaluation of the player, not on anything more. So uh, the Miami Dolphins take Jalen Waddell, uh, which, you know, obviously you've talked about Jalen um, quite a bit. I think one I want to get your opinion on is the Panthers taking J.C. Horn over Patrick Sertain. Uh, does that surprise you? Can you compare and contrast those two players? You ended up, in the way, going back to back. Yeah, I mean, I think the Panthers needed a corner. Um, 
obviously by taking Horn, they're going to play more man coverage this year. They played heavy zone a year ago. Uh, I think they recognize that in the NFL, you need to increase your man coverage percentage. Um, It's just their evaluation of the player. I personally liked Sertan a little better, but they're different players. Sertan is just smooth and fluid. He's, He's like silk. Horn is more dog. They both can play press man. Um, Horn plays it with with a sort of a clearly defined competitiveness that jumps off the film. It's Sertan is competitive. He just looks different. So they're different in terms of their press man style. Um, as I said, I I like Sertan a little more. It wasn't as if Sertan was a ten and Horn was a six. So it really comes down to the eye of the beholder, which style of player you like more. Um, they obviously liked Horn a little more and they chose him, but they're both, they both check the boxes. If you want to play press man coverage. Let's get to the Eagles trading up for Devonte Smith ended up being, you know, the first trade up yes. in the first round. You know, I think there was obviously notwithstanding what had happened before the draft, but actually on the clock, pretty clearly it looks like the Eagles thought the giants would take Devonte Smith at 11 uh, which is why they just left it in front of them from 12 to 10. What do you think about Devontae Smith in Nick Sirianni's offense and how he fits with a guy like Jalen Rager, who they took in the first round last year? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the Eagles are clearly looking for speed, for intermediate and vertical ability. That's what Rager is. That's what Smith is. Uh, obviously, with Smith, every team, I'm sure, had the discussion in their draft meetings about his weight it's easy to dismiss it. It's not dismissed in meetings because he's an exception. So you understand what he is and how best to use him, but he's got tremendous traits as a receiver, really high-level receiving traits. So if you get him in motion, if you can get him free access off the ball or he can stride, and everybody will understand this. This is not – I'm not giving you anything, Ross, that that people don't understand about Devonta Smith. But that's the way that he must be deployed within the context of an offense. And I think he's got really high-level traits. You know, uh, the next guy that I want to ask you about is obviously the Bears then, you know, with the very next pick moving up to get Justin Fields. Yep. What do you think of Justin Fields in Matt Nagy's offense? I think it's a really, really good fit because theoretically, and again, you know, obviously because of what the Bears have done and the lack of quality quarterback play, Matt Nagy's been sort of downgraded after that first year when everybody thought that he was a genius. I guess he left his his genius at home the last couple of years. But theoretically, that's the same offense as that Andy Reid runs. Um, It's the same playbook. So we saw how well defined that offense has worked for Patrick Mahomes. Um, and Justin Fields is a high-level traits quarterback. So if you can really define the reads, the throws through the use of personnel, formation, route concepts, based on your understanding of anticipated coverages, then I think it's it's really a good spot for Justin Fields. Justin Fields has a lot of talent. I think we kind of lost that. Um, I mean, I didn't, but I think the way he was spoken about over the last couple of weeks, Ross, as you well know, it's as if people forgot that this guy's a pretty talented player. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's a really good spot and, and we'll see how, uh, I mean, to me, I'm not telling them how they, what they should do to me. I think you should line them up day one and let the kid play. 
It'll be interesting. They're obviously saying that Andy Dalton's still the starter, but that's what the people. Well, everybody say. says that on draft. You know yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So, Micah Parsons at twelve to the Cowboys. The only thought I have there, Greg, is theoretically, you know, they have their two linebackers that are going to play the primary snaps, right? In Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch, and the Cowboys are talking about Micah Parsons as a pressure player which I thought was interesting. makes perfect sense if you ever saw him blitz or rush off oh, for sure. in, in high school. Uh, maybe the best edge rusher I ever saw, certainly in person. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they use him. Plus, Greg, you know, between Van Der Esch's health, and I don't think Jalen Smith has played particularly well recently, they, and they really could use a difference maker at the second level. What do you think about them taking Parsons? Well – Couple points. Number one, Vanderish has had a neck injury. I mean, there's. I think there's questions about his future and his ability to play. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but just from what I, I sense, um, when you get to 12 and Parsons is there, Parsons is a stud. You know this, uh, Ross. Um, and Parsons is a three-down player. Eventually, maybe he's not day one for them, depending on Vanderish. But you know, he can rush the quarterback. He, as you know, because he's a Pennsylvania kid. He was recruited by a lot of big-time schools as an edge rusher coming out of high school, not as a linebacker. You know that. So he moved to linebacker. You know, he he's almost one of those easy evaluations because he's just an athletic stud. I don't know how they plan to use him, but there's no question in sub he can rush the quarterback. And he can rush the quarterback from multiple locations within your defensive front, which is what you're trying to do. He can rush off the edge. He can rush from the second level. You know, so he puts he puts you in a good position where the offense doesn't exactly know where he'll be and where he's going to come from. So, you know, we can sit here and say what the Cowboys, what their needs were, blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody says that stuff. But when you get to 12 and he's sitting there, I mean, that kid's a stud. Greg, too simplistic to say uh, what the Patriots do with Mac Jones will look a lot like what they did with Tom Brady over the years? You know, again, that's hard to answer. I mean, obviously they drafted him. Um, They re-signed Cam for one year. With Belichick, you have no idea. So I, I couldn't begin to speak to that. But you don't draft a quarterback at 15 unless you believe he will be your quarterback at in the future. The future could start this year or or they could say, you know what, we have Cam and we're going to play Cam. I, you know, given what they did in free agency, it would seem to me they have to play a lot of two tight ends. They paid a lot of money for two tight ends. So they're going to be a base 12 personnel offense with one back and two tight ends. That's certainly not the offense Mac Jones played in at Alabama, although there were times they did line up with two tight ends. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he's going to be their quarterback of the future. When that future starts, we'll see. A couple of somewhat surprise first-round picks, Greg, that I want to get your opinion well, if you're going to mention the Washington football team, that was not a surprise to me at all because Jamin Davis was one of my favorite players to watch on tape, and that's all I speak to is the tape, Ross. So if you're going to mention the football team – I love that pick. I think he's a three-down linebacker. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Ron Rivera saw Thomas Davis and, and Jamin Davis. Got it. Um, you know, I, I that's not the one I was going to ask you about, actually. Uh, not one of the two I was going to ask you about because he did rise up 
you know, or not rise up, but you, we've talked about it. it. It became clear that people around the league really liked him, you know, in, in recent weeks. The two I wanted to ask you about, at 17, the Las Vegas Raiders took Alex Leatherwood. Yes. In Alabama. A lot of people thought maybe he'd go in round two. Certainly, most people thought he would go after guys like Darisau and uh, perhaps even Tevin Jenkins. You know, this is the third year in a row where Mike Mayock and John Gruden have kind of taken a guy higher than anybody thought they would. Cleveland Farrell, Damon Arnett. Not sure either one of those guys has gotten off to a great start in their careers. Your thought on Leatherwood at 17? Yeah, you know, and again, that gets into because because all you heard when they took him was that, well, they could have gotten him, you know, 20 picks later. We never know that. Um, you know, I, I think that my evaluation of him was that he has a desirable combination of size, mass. He's got functional athleticism to play on the outside. I think he can play tackle in this league. Um, you wouldn't call him a high-level athlete nor an elite-level mover, but, you know, I think that he can play tackle. He's really well-built. Um, he was very comfortable in his pass set. There were times that in his vertical set that he showed some stiffness. That's a concern. That's what people look at. They feel that, okay, he can't really – pass protect against the true speed rushers that he's going to face and that he showed some stiffness both in his core and his lower half. That's kind of the concern that people have with him. And that's a legitimate concern. Um, I think, and again, I'm not an offensive line guru, Ross, so take it for what it's worth. But my sense watching his tape was that he needs work better coordinating his feet and his hands in pass protection. You tell me, I think that's coachable. The hands is definitely coachable. The feet is not really in terms of improving the, you know, your. Well, no, I don't mean to make him a better athlete, but just the better coordination with your hands and feet. Oh, yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. Um, what about uh, the other one that surprised me a little bit? I guess there had been some rumors about it, but Peyton Turner to the Saints. You know, there were yeah. some teams that have Peyton Turner as second, third, fourth round, I heard, and the Saints took him in the first round. Yeah, I, I really liked Peyton Turner's tape. He was a guy I knew zero about. So when I put on his tape, oh, maybe a month or so ago, it was all brand new to me. I, I knew nothing about this kid. And I came away feeling he was the, one of the most interesting uh, D-line prospects in the draft. I mean, his physical dimensions are just outstanding. Size, length. He's got that feel of an old-school D.N. Ross. I mean, you know, he's not sinewy. He's not slim. I mean, he is big, and he looks big on tape. I don't know what he played at. I know he came in at 270 at his pro day. It wouldn't surprise me if he played at 280-plus. But he's got strong, heavy hands. He played off contact really well. He generates power and explosion into contact. And he's got some bend and flexibility to him. He's not a big, stiff guy. Um, you know, they lost Troy Hedrickson. I, I'm sure they viewed Turner as the replacement for Hedrickson. And he could probably, and you know, you never know when you say this because no one enters the league as a finished product, but they probably see him being able to play meaningful snaps in his rookie year at defensive end uh, as Hedrickson's replacement. Couple that I want to get your opinion on um, the Giants taking Kadarius Tony. Yeah. You know, is he. A gadget guy? No. That Jason Garrett will have to use, or is he more than that? I think that the gadget thing is is a thing of the past. 
I think the way offense is now with all the formation variation, all the motion, all the movement, though it's not gadgets anymore. This is part of NFL offense. Um, and Tony's a slot, too. You can line him up in the slot, and he's got just dynamic stop-and-start, burst, acceleration. Uh, he improved as the year went on because this kid played receiver full-time for the first time in 2020. So he's an ascending player at the receiver position. He started to show his vertical acceleration um, and deep speed much more as the Florida season progressed. So you know, I think he's he'll he'll be a good player. You can line him up all over. Is he kind of a conventional slot? Yes, but the NFL has moved away from just hey, he's in the slot. And then the last one, Greg, that I wanted to get your thoughts on. I was surprised the Jacksonville Jaguars took Travis Etienne. Uh, that you know, <laughs> g- given what James Robinson did last year as an undrafted free agent rookie on that team to carry the load he did, you know, they signed Carlos Hyde, who's whatever, but that, that surprised me. I, I really would have thought that Urban Meyer would have gone O-line or D-line, um, you know, maybe even a receiver or a corner running back after what Robinson just did. Does, does it make sense to you, Greg? Well, you know, again, you get caught up in that whole running back issue too, which, you know, obviously yeah, people say running backs have no value. Um, I think my sense is that he was the best player on their board. We, you know, that would be my sense. And he's an explosive athlete, and he took him. Um, you know, I don't really know what to say beyond that. He's a really good prospect. He's he's a good runner who improved dramatically in in twenty twenty from twenty nineteen. You can split him out wide. You can do a lot with Travis Etienne. Um, you know, the, the bottom line is in today's NFL, what are you trying to do offensively, Ross? You're trying to create explosive plays. ATN is not simply a back in that sense. He's not simply someone who lines up behind the quarterback. Um, you can do a lot with him. He can create explosive, dynamic plays for you. That's the goal in today's NFL. He was sitting there. I think it makes perfect sense to say that he was the the highest rated player on their board as they got to 25. And I'm sure they said, you know what? We're not going to pick a guy who's not when Travis Etienne is sitting there. So, you know, we can debate that forever. Uh, and, you know, that gets into that whole value stuff, which has become, you know, really big on Twitter for all these people that have never been in a draft room and have all the answers about what value means. Check him out on social media, always at Greg Cosell. So you can see, what Greg is up to, where you can find his stuff. You know you can find him every week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Thank you so much, Greg. Ross, really appreciate it. Thanks. You know who the number one player on my board is? Moms. Moms everywhere. Because moms rock. And right now, 1-800-Flowers is offering 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for $34.99. It is absolutely a steal. We've talked about it pretty much every Valentine's Day and Mother's Day for years here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And you know how I feel about it. I feel very strongly that the mothers in your life deserve flowers for every Mother's Day. Like you can take them out to dinner, you can do something else, get them a card. I don't care what else you do. They deserve flowers that you send to their house 
or that you send to their place of work that's a reminder for at least a couple of weeks, wow, somebody really loves me. Somebody really cares about me. And these flowers are beautiful. It's early May. They brighten the room. Absolutely love it. To order 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for $34.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter code FOOTBALL. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, code FOOTBALL. Ducks takes. Morning, Ross. We talked about the most interesting things of this draft with Greg. Uh, anything else jump out to you that uh, that you didn't discuss? Um, not really, I guess, Bry. Other than you know, maybe some of the guy, you know, the the run on D ends at the end. You know, Turner, Rousseau, Owe, Tryon. There was a real run on D ends at the end. Um, you know, the Giants getting next year's first from the Bears is very interesting. I, I, I like what the Ravens do seemingly every year. I mean, Rashad Bateman at receiver and then Jason Alway as an edge rusher, the guy they can move around, really seemingly always love what they do. The Titans, nobody loves red flag players, Bri, like the Titans. I mean, two years ago, the medical red flags with Jeffrey Simmons, which, by the way, has appeared to pay off for them. And then – Last year, the red flags with Isaiah Wilson off the field. This year, they go with Caleb Farley. Again, they feel like, hey, we're going to get guys that would go higher if it wasn't for, if it weren't for these red flags that they have. So that kind of jumps out at me. And then there's some really good players still available. Yeah, I mean, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, I did not think he would still be available in the second round. So there are some guys. It'll be fun tonight. You can check me out again on eagles.com tonight and the Eagles social media talking about uh, what happens tonight. Ducks takes. Biggest news last night uh, really didn't have anything to do with the draft. Aaron Rodgers apparently wants out of Green Bay. Evidently, this has been boiling for some time, and it sounds like the team president, Mark Murphy, the GM, Brian Gutekunst, the head coach, Matt LaFleur, have all flown out to California to meet with him one-on-one, and he's still not happy about it. Uh, They're working on some type of new contract, but uh, Aaron Rodgers, very unhappy. Look, he really wants to win another Super Bowl. He knows he doesn't have many years left. I think he's very disappointed with what they did in the draft a year ago with Jordan Love and with even probably A.J. Dillon. And I think he saw what the Bucs did last year and this year being all in with Tom Brady. And I think Aaron Rodgers wants to go to a franchise where he feels like they're all in to win the Super Bowl. And that's never been the Packers way. I do think it's interesting that he intentionally leaked the news uh, during the draft, you know, right before the draft, which obviously became the huge news. You know, that there's, that there's, a, there's a, a method to the madness there. So, uh, and it's funny because he's he's definitely got some passive aggressive traits to him. He's he's a lot more. I, I tweeted this yesterday at Ross Tucker NFL. He's a lot more like Brett Favre in that way than I realize. But ultimately, you can understand why he's frustrated. Ducks takes one of the teams rumored to be trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers is the Denver Broncos, who traded for Teddy Bridgewater earlier in the week. In fact, uh, that went down as we were recording the fantasy feast yesterday. Right. Uh, well, actually, Wednesday afternoon, yeah. But, um, you know, 
the thing that's interesting to me about that is obviously the Panthers are paying seven million of Teddy's eleven and a half million. Teddy comes in and competes with Drew Locke, but you know the Broncos could have drafted Justin Fields, Mac Jones last night. They held off, and I gotta wonder how much of that's because they think they have a real shot at Aaron Rodgers. You know there were rumors that. The Broncos and Packers are close to a trade. Some of those have been kind of stomped out. But the Broncos clearly are on Aaron Rodgers' wish list, it sounds like, and really want to try to get Aaron Rodgers. That, that's my guess. My guess is they think there's enough of a chance that they could get an Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson that they weren't going to use a ninth overall pick on a quarterback, which is interesting. Tucks takes. One more Broncos take, and this one is about former quarterback Tim Tebow working out as a tight end for the Jags. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, I tweeted this yesterday. I The last time Tim Tebow played an NFL game, it was 2012. I, I fluctuate between thinking that this is really admirable – or a little sad. So the admirable part is his persistence and commitment to chasing his dream of continuing on as a professional athlete is extremely impressive. You think about all the, you went to Patriots for a training camp, went to the Eagles for a training camp. I mean, he, he gave it every shot he could as a quarterback. Then he gave baseball every shot he could. And now that quarterback didn't work out and baseball didn't work out, now he's looking to be the tight end Taysom Hill type, perhaps. Uh, and I think that's admirable. You know, there's no quitting him. Look, he's gotten cut a bunch. And there's no quitting him. He is going to continue to try to chase his dreams. The flip side is, I guess at some point you almost think, man, like there's other things in life, like you can move on, you know, like it's, it's not going to happen for you. And so I think different people can, can have different mindsets. I'm never going to be the one, I'm never going to be the guy that is critical of someone for chasing their dream. Never, ever, ever, because that would be hypocritical of me. But I also hope that he is happy in life and find some contentment in a post-athletic world is probably the best way I would describe that. I would also tell you guys, please take advantage of any of the offers we have at Keeps. Go to RossTucker.com. Or if you're looking for a Mother's Day gift, MyFrontPageStory.com. You guys know how I feel about that. It's a business I've got some ownership in. I mean, coolest, most unique Mother's Day gift ever, myfrontpagestory.com. Other than that, shout-outs are in order. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, humanheadnyc.com. Obviously, there will be a lot of draft-related stuff for us to break down on Monday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Can't wait to see who else gets traded, how everything else unfolds. I think we're done here. 
Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 